Hello. Hello. No. <laughs> I guess we can't really recreate that. Hello. No. That's try. That's trying to do the Bugs Bunny meme, meme. format in <laughs> audio form. Um, so today's podcast theme is no, but more like no. no. <laughs> uh, so we were thinking last week or last episode about um, that performance that we mentioned, if you listened to the last episode, that mm-hmm. we ended up saying no to. And I'd mentioned it to a friend of ours, and she had sort of remarked to me later on, she was like, it's so, like inspiring to hear the story of how you say no to something um in the sense that like i think a lot of artists do say no to stuff people creative people whatever people say no to things <laughs> but we rarely have the opportunity to like tell the story of why we say no everything's about performing to the world what you're doing, doing yeah it, what you're saying yes to like what you're producing yeah of. And I think, so we're going to produce something about what we didn't do today, (laughs) which is its own type of production. But I think it's like an interesting subject. My friend was just like, yeah, remarking how, remarking about how, yeah, kind of inspiring it was to hear about the exact process we went through that led us to say no. And I think also as a fellow artist, like hearing some, like hearing like an opportunity that like you're supposed to be very excited about for Mm -hmm. clout reasons or oh this institution would look like cool to partner with or it would look good on my resume or whatever that like it's okay to say no to some of that stuff um and so we're doing this episode today to kind of talk about a few things that we've said no to or the way that we've kind of processed saying no yeah in this project together um in hopes that it might be interesting to y'all and that's not to say that uh, that's for everyone. It's kind no, of like no. something, uh, I guess we have like the privilege to say no to mm-hmm. things because of the way we decided that we want to approach the things that we want to create. Like we're not basing our sole income off of Mm -hmm. things that we create. Performances, artworks. On purpose because we want to uh, do the things we want to do in the way. We want to have the power to say no. Yeah. And in some (laughs) ways, if we were completely dependent on our art, we might feel more of a survivalistic pressure to say yes to more things. Yeah. And so we've made a decision in our lives to have other forms of income, not rely solely on our art to make a living. And that frees us up to be able to say no to things or to be really just really selective about what we decide to do. Um, but, I mean, that doesn't come with its downsides, too, because yeah. then we got to work shitty. Yeah, then we work jobs, jobs. where, like, we really don't want to do most of what we're doing. I mean, you enjoy bartending. Yeah. I, I mean, don't enjoy serving, but I do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's what we were thinking we would do today. Um, should we should we mention that we already completely recorded this episode? Yes. So. <laughs> so we're trying not to sound, like, stilted and weird, because we literally already had this conversation yesterday we sat down and did a full ass <laughs> podcast and got to the end uh to turn it off to realize that i had not hit record, hit record in the right <laughs> way and um yeah we, we didn't record our i don't know how long we we're talking probably somewhere between like an, hour, an hour hour and a half ish yeah it was a great conversation <laughs> we know we can't have the same one again but we're gonna try to hit some of the points that yeah yeah that you know was the point of having this conversation um so but if we sound a little awkward because <laughs> we're like <laughs> trying to sound uh natural even though we've already spoken these kind words of, to each yeah. other already um but yeah i guess like going back to the beginning of our project to sacred sadism which is something we started doing early on in our relationship collaborating together yeah um there were some pretty like immediate I'm going to use, every time I use the word opportunity, imagine square, scare (laughs) Scare quotes quotes around it, because to me, opportunity is such a kind of like 
muddled bullshit term Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways and it's a term that is very heavy on a lot of artists heads because it's this like assumption that opportunities inevitably will lead to whatever your dream outcome is whether it's fame or fortune or getting to have sex with the people you want to have sex with or whatever it is <laughs> whatever your point is as an artist the idea is that an opportunity is a stepping stone that's going to lead there yeah which i think in our experience we found is like hit and miss you know uh yeah absolutely yeah it really depends on like what you're going for going for too because it could be if yeah. that's what you're going for but that's a very specific and i think that should be done maybe in a very intentional way yeah um, so what did we decide when we started our project together? What were our like core goals? Um, I think early on, like we said, you know, we wanted to be able to get to the point where we could give away yeah. like some of the physical objects we were making. I think we also very early learned early on learned that we did not want to really pursue it as a business. As an actual <laughs> business. And I think one of the things that always sticks out to me is you said, if it's not fun, we won't do it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. For it to be uh, truly like a labor of love and something we did because we enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And we would only do things that seemed to be enjoyable rather than do it with a goal of being a like sex toy company or sex education influencers although i would say in the beginning we kind of like toyed around with that idea of like maybe we could give workshops or you know but it was less like to be influencers and more like these are things people want to hear about so we want to share them and i think we approached like i think or we still whenever we do one again approach maybe like some of the things that were more like classes um as performances too yeah um because that's both of our shared background is in live art performance time-based art um so some of the early opportunities that came to us had a lot to a lot of them were coming from like media and what they would call docu-series opportunities what's a docu-series uh reality tv yeah (laughs) i mean there there are some legit docu-series like we're watching like the QAnon one right now. Uh, yeah. Q-spirit. Yeah, I can't remember what it's called. That's that's like an actual documentary. Docu- yeah, series where yeah. it's like a series of episodes and they're going digging into a subject. Um, a lot, but but reality TV also uses the term docu series as a way to get around paying the subjects any money at all or paying them way less than they would a actor. Yeah, there's like a huge reason why why reality TV became so popular. I um for background worked in over 7 years in production in um reality TV. I worked my way up from being a PA to like a camera assistant. Um and you know, quote unquote unscripted TV is so much cheaper to produce than scripted tv because you don't have to pay union actors you don't have to pay union writers you don't have all these like teamsters that set up the lights and build the sets none of that (laughs) so you can make tv for the fraction of the cross cost of making a scripted show and they're making the same revenue off of the commercials and shit that they sell um so it's extremely lucrative for uh channels networks but whatever mm. might be producing it to do yeah. a show so you had all of this sort of insider knowledge um out the gate when we started this project together <laughs> and even before we started this project together um i had been approached by this viral youtube channel meaning they they create these like short form docu quote <laughs> docu series um episodes that get over, you know, millions of views on each video. So I think that's viral in YouTube terms. Viral-ish, yeah. whatever. They're, the High View YouTube channel um, had approached me about doing some kind of uh, sacred sadism type thing before we launched sacred sadism as a toy company. But um, you were helping me kind of think about ne- how to negotiate that or what would be worthwhile and, like, just having your insight into that of, like, you know they're going to... I mean, and even just watching their channel, like, the way that they yeah. handled subjects on that channel was, like, not particularly exploitative in the actual videos that were made, but the, the way they labeled the videos was very clickbaity 
And very, it was clear that the audience was taking it in as like freak show, shock value stuff. Yeah, so many of those things, I feel like. Especially dealing with maybe some, like, with what we create, which is, mm. you know, like... Sexy. Alternative lifestyle, sexy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. shit. Um, it's all played for shock value. Yeah, it's like, it's more, more likely than not, it's going to be a spectacle kind of freak show thing. That same company, I, uh, I was actually trying to negotiate with them, and literally my negotiation was like they were offering me $300 a day to be on it and I tried to get 500 and that was too much <laughs> which is like just really pitiful when you think about it you know and like I have to imagine a YouTube channel with mil- you know millions of views is pulling in some pretty good revenue I would think you know yeah yeah, um, yeah. but so that one I ended up you know saying no too because <laughs> that was like what you can't pay me $500 then they continued to contact you and I through our Instagram accounts. <laughs> I think they contacted me. They might have contacted me even on my new Dom account. I don't know. It just feels like it's been like an oh, onslaught. No. <laughs> and I've just had to be like, I have spoken to so many of your agents. You need to take us off your casting list. Like, stop harassing us on Instagram. <laughs> just like really um, over the top uh, media company that clearly there's not a communication between cast and directors, but... Um, that was one of the first ones that we kind of like negotiated together too. And we talked a lot about like, what does this mean to be on a reality style, uh, show to highlight our art, which like we do want to share our art with people, you know? Yeah. And if it was treated or framed in a really like sensitive and, um, you know, ethical if you can say that light then that would be an opportunity we'd be happy to yeah. have a platform to share and, i mean we did we did that with zoe's show totally. which was like you know coming from like we want to entertain but also educate yeah. about bdsm different and we um, knew that we were going to be treated yeah well yeah just based on you knowing zoe right. personally and then also just the, the way series, that yeah um <clears throat> zoe's committed to educating mm-hmm um so yeah but but so those opportunities kept like coming in from the beginning i think we got like a french tv show wanted to do something on us there was the youtube thing we had a like a stars tv show about sex some kind of sex show yeah and i think we had i don't know if it was stars or if it was another production company but we did have some kind of like meeting with two producers where we kind of grilled them a little bit what yeah um First of all, I mean, I don't remember. Was that, that was the one we were asking about, like, oh, do you have black crew members? Right. Like, <clears throat> yeah, kind of just seeing, I, I don't know. I, in a way, I feel like we knew we weren't going to get what we wanted out mm-hmm. of those that meeting or whatever, but we were still willing, willing to see, like, how open they were to negotiation. I think we'd ask for a producer credit, <laughs> which, like... <laughs> is a pretty big ask that really only people who are have you know like a long history and that i think have a long history in tv production can really get producer credits right out the gate like that and certainly not the subjects of reality tv like the the point of the producers is to edit the subjects however they want right or to to shape the storyline many different producers like so, like, a story producer would be the person yeah. who's <clears throat> kind of crafting the story as it goes. Like, my, I don't know. People don't know reality TV is not really reality TV. Right. The story producer kind of leads you with questions and tells mm. you kind of <clears throat> what to say and also sets up a lot of the scenarios that you watch unfolding. Mm-hmm. There's a really good TV show that I got into a few months ago called Unreal. Oh yeah, that was great. It's like a, do- I don't know what to call it, a docu-comedy. Um, no, not docu-comedy, sorry. Oh, a like dramedy? Parody? Yeah, it's a dramedy. parody of... It's like a dark comedy about that's a parody of The Bachelor, but it's behind the scenes seeing like how the producers of The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, manipulate the audience in such a, or the, sorry, the, the contestants, the contestants <laughs> in such an intense way to manipulate the audience in such an <laughs> intense way. But I mean, I'm a really big reality TV fan. Like that's my favorite genre of TV. So I'm really just like interested. I've always been really interested in it ever since like the real world came out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's definitely, Something that I enjoy and something that, yeah, we have definitely talked about our openness to take on some of those opportunities if they come up, but none of them have been good. And 
Well, there was one that we were flirting with for a bit. Which one? Uh, the one where they were going to come and they were doing like sex room makeovers oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. for people. <laughs> it was like a, it was like a, yeah, not necessarily BDSM dungeon, but like, yeah, sex dungeon, <clears throat> home renovation show. Yeah. That, and... that was getting pitched or piloted or something by Netflix. And I just thought that one could be really cool in terms of us getting a sex room in our in our yeah. on our property we were going for since we don't have a room that could be converted at our place is that we wanted to do genevieve's always wanted to have like a garden shed as a dungeon dungeon that's space. always been my fantasy yeah. so they were going to or at least we were t- talking about having like our yard renovated into like a sex sex yard an outdoor dungeon. yeah we we really <laughs> i mean yeah we really pitched it to them as this whole alternative fetish yeah, scenario. <laughs> but also we were like, our our landlord's a slumlord. We don't think we can get permission to do this. So that might have had a, a little bit to do with the casting process. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, because they do need you to be able to... Sign off on having shit done to Sign the off on them doing whatever, yeah. And I think if they can't get the landlord's approval, that's like the end of the line. Yeah, because they could get sued. I mean, I don't think that show ever got made. As far as we know, we've never seen it. I still hope it does. I yeah. mean, I'm really curious. I mean, curious. it could have been shelved. Like, they yeah. could have shot the pilot and then shelved it. They could have shot the whole thing and just, like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I yeah. I, I, and, yeah, that's a good one to bring up, too, because it's, like, it's really not that we're against doing a reality show thing. We've said no to many of them now, it feels <laughs> like. But then we also, I personally sought that one out because I was like, this sounds like something that would, like, be really interesting and maybe actually like highlight what we do in a more compassionate light. Yeah. It felt like based on the way it was pitched to us. Yeah. It really has to do with yeah, like just the thing being in alignment with what your kind of goals mm-hmm. are or like for us like yeah, what our goals are if it feels worth kind of the pitfalls of doing. I feel like having like a, that. having a shed in the yard I mean, as long as it felt like it was going to be a compassionate lens view, compassionate viewpoint, um, also having the shed built in our yard would be really interesting to me. Um, But yeah, and then there was, I think one of the bigger no's from this past year or whatever it's been was the actual TV show, The Bachelorette, (laughs) uh, which we used to watch, which were... Can you say we're fans of? I mean, we're not fans, but like we were like <sighs> sick observers. Yeah, it was like a it was like a sick train crash twisted, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, that show's <laughs> fucked up. But all the whole franchise is like super, super fucked up. But I started watching it in 2016, literally like the week before I met you or something. Mm-hmm. It was like my the first time I ever watched The Bachelorette, and. Yeah, so we started watching it together, I guess, and that became like a little ritual, but we divested. We have now divested from The Bachelor, Bachelorette, um, and we were contacted by a show producer like a year ago, almost a year ago now. Was it? Yeah, because it was February 14th or Oh, 15th. it was still during lockdown? Yeah. Well, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, well, that was like, I mean, what was... Yeah, that was still lockdown, wasn't it? I don't know. When did lockdown I think end? So. Does lockdown include the state of emergency? <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, so they con. It was so. Here's why they contacted us. Uh, I posted something on Instagram that was you spanking my butt with red roses, <laughs> and you know that red roses are like my Your least. least- my least favorite flower, <laughs> and I've said since the beginning of our project, like, we're not using roses, or we really have to be very, like, it's to important, tone it down, it's important to me down. that we don't use too many roses, because <laughs> I think roses are, like, very corny, visually. They're just too, like, what's the word? Cliché. Mm-hmm. So we were kind of like, you know, we hadn't really been posting very much in the past few years on Sacred Sadism. I was like, we should do something. It's our like three year Sacred Sadism anniversary. It's like, well, I found this thing. So we posted that. It ended up being our most liked post ever, which is like so annoying to me. <laughs> it's like, wow, people really do just like love the most mediocre 
Not that it was, you know, it was like a cute video, but like to me it was like mediocre, like bottom of the barrel, like not that interesting. It's just because you're an aesthetic snob. <laughs> yeah, I'm just a snob. I'm a snob about like my own work too, where I'm like, Ugh. it's always like the stupidest shit I do that people are like, oh my god, I'm like, <laughs> foolish. You can't control what resonates with people. <laughs> it's always the basic shit. Um. So anyway, that for that thing traveled across that platform that day and found its way in front of some bachelorette producer's eyes and he reached out to us about host like you know, can you explain it like they wanted us to host a date basically if you've ever watched the bachelor if, bachelorette they go on these little dates with but their, have like some sort of like practitioner or not th- always but yeah. sometimes yeah there's, there's like always a, at least one date where it's like they're doing something kooky with the yeah practitioner. like they're doing like I don't know, tantric breath work or like crystal healing or yeah a couple yoga or yeah. something yeah always and they're always <clears throat> really cringe and really awkward and like bad bad <laughs> and always feel like the people are not totally consenting or like into what's going on yeah there was one season one of the later ones we watched where there was something uh tantric breathing, tantric breathing or something where they had to get like really close and like one of the people the contestant was like obviously super uncomfortable and did not... she walk out did she or so, you could tell she was like she really... had to yeah i don't know if she like walked out or at the end of it like kind of was had to like take some time and yeah. the the I can't I think it was a male bachelor or something yeah. was like hey what's going on and she's like yo I was just really not comfortable yeah. with that and they just like throw them into these activities basically um so we were thinking about that so basically they wanted us to be the people who are hosting one of these dates and presumably doing like a rose flagellation demo yeah with the or- contestants here's how you spank each other with flowers <laughs> crazy and it was the it was Katie who was the sex positive bachelorette. Because you bring few, a vibrator on your sex right, positive. Right. She <laughs> she became known as the sex positive one for bringing a vibrator on the first night. But baby steps for the bachelor franchise, I guess. They're getting there, I guess. <laughs> oh, I don't I don't know if I'd say that, but um, yeah. So the, I get I get what they're why they were interested in us being on the show, but. This was like also like right after yeah. um, Chris Harrison. Chris Harrison, and then what was the... Matt James. Matt James, and they just treated Matt James, like, really terribly, yeah. like, in the edit, and Chris Matt Harrison... Matt James was the first black bachelor. And wasn't there something with Rachel as well? Yeah, it was related, so oh. do you want me to run down for those who don't know the Yeah, team? real quick. <laughs> okay, so Matt James was the first black bachelor. He ended up choosing um, this contestant, this white lady, Rachel, I don't know her name, um, who later... As the sh- uh, after they had he had already chosen and that meant that they were you know getting engaged or whatever. This information came out about her attending like an antebellum themed yeah. party, and her also like faving Confederate flag type uh, Confederate flag picture or something like that online. Just like some deep, some deep questionable south, shit. <laughs> yeah, some deep south like pro- normalized probably to her, but deeply racist shit, right? Where she just didn't even think anything of it. Oh, and I'm marrying this black guy, you know. Yeah. And I think they even on that season had he would have these kind of like conversations that they edited to be so like, how do you feel about marrying a black guy? Oh, you know, I just like feel like you know, just like you're just like a person, you know, like just these very <laughs> kind of basic, un. Mm, unexamined kind of yeah we're definitely dealing with race in the bachelor kind of conversations that were very like washing over it you yeah know? didn't they also do like an edit with his visit with his dad that was like oh, fucked up it was, it like, was really kind of, fucked up like was it like an absentee father like narrative that actually was it? wasn't what happened right. they just edited it to be that way yeah they edited it for sure to make it seem like this kind of um just, stereotypical yeah. Yeah. Kind of racist trope. <laughs> yeah, racist trope. It was really messed up with it. It's Matt James. Then the, um, the, the host. host, Chris Harrison, <laughs> was on the talk show of the first black bachelorette, Rachel, different Rachel. I can't remember anyone's last names ever, except for Matt James, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> um, she was interviewing him about what he thought of this white contestant 
and her antebellum theme party or whatever. And he really just went off on her and was like, well, what does it matter? We're like, that was back in 2008. People didn't know back then. (laughs) (laughs) Or it wasn't even 2008. I want to say it was even 2012 or something like that. It doesn't matter. Like saying that like in 2008, no one knew any better. was just like (laughs) ridiculous. And he was saying this to this to Rachel, the first black bachelorette, and she held it down so well, but it was just very like, whoa. So then he got slammed for that and everyone was calling for him to resign, resign. or be kicked off or whatever. And in the end, they did decide to. But when we were approached by this producer, it was still kind of. It was they, all happening. Yeah, it was happening. And we were like, responded to them kind of like, yo, uh, what's going on with yeah. how fucked up you portrayed Matt James and this and other and and all black people (laughs) on that show are always edited in a very specific racist stereotype trope light Um, or whatever small changes they make somehow also come off racist (laughs) like it's like really just like seems to have like such a deeply ingrained racist truly white supremacist because there weren't even black contestants or brown contestants for the longest time on that show yeah you know it's just like a really deep heart of america i don't know it's a gross show so let's just say it's a gross show so we were like you know we actually watched the show these things are going down so what's up with that and then in you know in response to whether we want to be on the show or not um I think we said we don't want to be on the show, but we'd be willing to be consultants. Um, I think we, I can't remember what our exact reasoning was, except that you and I had been like, no matter what, however we're on the yeah, show, we're going to get edited in the, some way. That's the edit's going to be fucking terrible. Yeah. And it, yeah, anytime they have one of these practitioners on here, yeah. like... I don't know, our reaction is kind of like, oh, this woo-woo person. But it's like, I'm sure this person is, like, a yeah. really, like, They're a full practiced person, yeah. person in their <laughs> field. And, like, this really shitty, compact edit of, like, what they do. It's always, like, just, weird. Yeah, this just trivializes it. And we're like, uh, that's that's what's going to end up happening That is us. what's going to end and up happening, yeah. We don't, we don't want our work to be distilled down into that way because it's really no. important to us. And yeah. I think we said that in the email back, too, where we were like, we would be so remiss if this work that we've spent so much time creating was distilled and, like, um, you know, I don't think I used Just to reduced to reduced. a fucking, like, 30-second yeah. bit on a fucking vapid show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and I think we also said, like, if, if something like this were to happen... Um, we would be consultants, but you would also need an onset intimacy coordinator. There would have to be like a guarantee that there was going to be a discussion on consent that would be not edited into yeah. oblivion. And like, this is the only way that you can represent BDSM is if these things are in place. Or that we will be a part, we'll of, be a part of any it. representation of BDSM. Yeah. And I think I was, I was also feeling really paranoid that they were just going to try to do something like Red Roses flogging because it fits their brand so much that they were going to just like, oh, well, we'll just find some other dumb to do that. And I was feeling really like paranoid about it and saying like, these are things you really have to do if you decide to go through with this. Because there's no guarantee they're not going to just rip off something they sell on our Instagram and do it. At least want it to be on the record as being like, if you don't do it with this kind of foresight, like... It's pretty fucked up. They didn't end up doing anything like that in the end. I think they had like a, not a sex educator, but like a author, like oh, a sex off a sex. I can't remember. There was some kind of practitioner who did something, but nothing media related that I remember. Yeah. Um. But anyway, I think like I'm really proud of that. No. And the way, or I guess we didn't say no at that point. We had said we'll be consultants, but we're not going to be on the show. And then he came back and was like, oh, totally all of that's so true. That's why we need you guys on the show. <laughs> so we just kind of like left it there. We like, he didn't read anything we said. We literally just said, consent is really important. We're saying no. And then he was like, yeah, that's why I need you on the show. Totally. That's just like, you know, no. it's just like a symbol of how, you know, exploitative and non-consent based and, you know, everything about that show is so... Many reality show producers are fucking slime balls. Yeah, I'm sure there's some decent ones, maybe, but yeah, yeah it's it's 
a lot a lot of the people I met that did that were gross or that I've interacted. But that was with. also an interesting no because I think that's the kind of opportunity that a lot of people would see as like if you're weighing, weighing risk benefit. Mm-hmm. The risk is that you're gonna get a terrible edit. And look, benefit look, is you, for a moment, a household name. Maybe so and maybe not. People, a, yeah, maybe not a household name, but, but like recognizable for the a reach moment. of that shows. Yeah, pretty deep. Yeah. yeah, and you'll maybe get a bump. in maybe this is only a maybe. You'll maybe get a bump in a following. Yeah. Because like right now, there's a big conversation about like this season's RuPaul's Drag Race queens, mm. and every season of RuPaul's Drag Race, the white queens followings skyrocket, and the black queens stay on the lower level Mm -hmm. you know so it's never guaranteed that you're going to go on a show and like blow up that's true you know what i mean i have a friend who's like a was a producer on a reality show and she said she remembers thinking her following would go up by the tens of thousands and she got like a thousand extra (laughs) followers after she was on this reality show for multiple episodes oh wow you know so it's also it's i think there's this idea that there's a guarantee that this opportunity in square scare quotes is going to be the stepping stone to the next thing yeah absolutely it's 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 like a mix of like luck just Mm -hmm. happens and playing being able to play the game like Mm -hmm. it really is a skill to be able to um parlay that kind of and we would have to and like we've said that's not our stated goal yeah it's just not what we're trying to do (laughs) we wouldn't like be like yes we're on the bachelor and then the next day be like slim t made both of us shit our brains out and we lost five pounds you can too or whatever you know that kind of parlaying it into collagen gummies or whatever fucking spawn con spawn con which is a you know a really big racket that's why a lot of people go on the bachelor bachelorette and other drag you know drag race leads to a ton of other kinds of opportunities but also a lot of spawn con yeah and we had like a weird not really a direct spawn con oh yeah yeah like weird, sideways which we also said no <laughs> yeah uh there was like a sex toy company um that stole well yeah t- took a lot of c- content creator or kink uh kink bdsm product makers yeah. like instagram content and put it on their profile without like crediting anybody and there was this whole kind of like controversy about it like we were one of the people that they lifted stuff from yeah um and they eventually, they did offer... They took people's photos down, first of all. Yeah. And then offered people, it was like 125 or 150 bucks as as compensation for having ever posted it. Um, which we said no to. That. Just because, like, we didn't know exactly what had happened between, like, a friend of ours who had kind of started this, I'm going to call it a campaign, to, like, mm. get them to take the photos down. Um, and we were supporting that friend and, like, them not wanting to have their photos on that page um and it felt like weird hush money yeah when it was after the fact um also i will say like i'm not totally against people taking images and putting them on the account but i think it's very because we did that at the beginning of our account before we had content i would screen cap stuff put it up i'd try to if I had the original source, credit the original Just credit source. the people. Yeah. And also, if it's something where you're, like, a really big company or something like that, yeah. like, get permission from yeah. the smaller creator. I think the fact that they were, they are a bigger company and they were selling, like, uh, man, that company had such a bad social media account, too. Sorry, I'm just remembering. <laughs> I'm, I'm, like, thinking about the weird, like, photoshop collage art they were making i was like i get why you were trying to steal better images because <laughs> what you have created is not it like it was really bad um but you know that being said they were paying a social media person to do something that's their job get a better social media person to create better content if that's the yeah. issue then they came back to us um a month later maybe and asked us to create a set of images for them 10, 15 10, images 15, within the next there. week or two. Within the next which week. Which on a really tight uh, for like deadline. For $1,000. That's like a 10 photo shoots in a week for $1,000. Well, 10 to 15 could have been like images from the same shoot. Yeah. But still. But 
It just yeah. seemed a little weird to us, and we had this weird, like, taste in our mouth. This is not exactly SpawnCon, but I think it's this idea of being, like, a social media, like... Um, content creator. Content or... creator, or someone with, like, what, you know, some kind of social media following where you feel like, oh, the pinnacle of success in that arena is, like, SpawnCon, getting to um, collaborate with an, another major brand, being asked to art direct for somebody else, or whatever these, you know other things are partnering with brands mm-hmm. or whatever is like the pinnacle of like social media influence, you know, made it as an influencer. Yeah. Which is, you know, never been our stated goal. And yeah, at the same time, I would love to art direct for somebody if they paid me enough money, gave me enough, you know, uh, time to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And their social media didn't look like if it's something that made sense, but yeah, I don't, that was just, too much. So it's not exactly SpawnCon, but no, it's sort of it's sort of this other arena of being a creative person that is a really big industry right now. Yeah, that's true. And because you and I, you know, don't we're more interested in like the performative aspect of our project than sell like selling a million objects all the time. Yeah, that and just. Definitely the performative, also just the themes that we're exploring, like the, the kind of... The philosophical yeah. aspect, where that's kind of hard to sell, except <laughs> through something like a documentary or a TV series, where we could just be ourselves, yeah. in theory, or through something like um, posting shit on Instagram, which I hate to do at this point in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I just find that platform to be really, like, on its last leg, in a sense, um, and... Uh, and I don't like creating content for the sake of creating content, you know? Like, I feel like there's an imperative when you have some sort of presence there where you feel like you have to be posting all the time. Or the, the algorithm literally denigrates you or downgrades you. Yeah. You know? I think that's something I really appreciate about you and I think that we share is that we hate have to. <laughs> so. I mean, ever since our first day, like week together, I'll never forget... Us waking up one morning, and I'm a lazy motherfucker, you know? Like, I really like to do as little as possible in a day. But I do that because I like to have as much impact as I can when I do decide to do things. Because I've spent my day, my days, like, marinating in my own creative juices, you know? But you, in our first week, we got up one morning after one of our first mornings together, and you were like, what are you doing today? And I was like, nothing. And I was a little scared that you would judge me, because you just never know. Some yeah. people are so into, like... Hustling. And turn the heater off. Oh. Here. Um. Some people are so into. Is it okay? Yeah, just making sure the battery's not dead. Um, I so appreciated your response to this. And I remember what I said. You were just like, "Aw, lucky, no have tos." <laughs> that was the first time I ever heard that phrase, no have tos. But also it was, yeah, really nice to have someone who understood that life isn't about hustling and have tos, you know? Yeah. Like, there can be want-tos. You can be really busy with want-tos. But Absolutely. You, it's so much nicer to want to have than to have-tos. are to. terrible. Yeah, and I think that's a real, definitely a point of connection between you and I. If Absolutely. I had somebody who was, like, breathing down my neck and telling me I had to work harder or do more or, um, you know, be more successful in some way, like, I would not be happy. Like, yeah. that would really, really bum me out. Like, I really like to be accepted for what I'm capable of and what I want to do and being supported for that instead of being feel like what I do somehow reflects on you or something because a lot of people are like that yeah, I think especially true. in relationships even on the reality TV show where you're just watching <laughs> where it's like yeah people are always like you need to do more you need to really like pick up the slack can you <laughs> hustle hustle and we're not like that. No have no. tos. And content is a have to. Absolutely. It can feel like it. And for me, it feels increasingly like a have to. And so I've just said, no, I don't want to. Because I don't. And I don't like the idea that you should feel you have to. But I think that is like kind of a 
maybe if if anyone out there feels this way, just know you don't fucking have to. <laughs> like you're not gonna disappear. The people in your life that care about you are still gonna find a way to find you. Maybe they won't be. If you're not posting stories all day, they won't be responding to your stories all day. Maybe you won't have that little like spurt of connection as much. But that like, dopamine hit. Yeah, that could. Yeah, you know. I understand that. That's you know an important thing to staying in touch for people. I'm not trying to like downplay that i know that that is like a way we stay in touch now but i don't know it's also it's just like a to me a feeling it leaves me with this feeling of like it feels just kind of fake to me if the only way people can reach out and be in contact with me is if i'm constantly giving instagram content for free yeah like i don't like it you know like i want to do that when i want to do that and no more absolutely that's ties right back into like the not i don't know in, into no <laughs> saying no and yeah a kind of our ethos with our collaboration and art is like we want to do it we want to do it we don't want to feel like we have to do it no i just it's i think i spent so many years and and you've said this as well feeling like I have to take every opportunity I have. I have to do everything that comes my way. Yeah. Um, sometimes for financial reasons, because there were years where I decided I'm not going to have a job. I'm just going to do what I can and figure it out. So I'd take every single gig for 50 bucks. Or, <clears throat> you know, I'd do every little odd job or whatever. And sometimes those would be creative. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and you would do like commercials and stuff like that. Yeah. A lot of shitty small acting roles (laughs) yeah and so i think having that like both of us having that history of like going through all of that doing a bunch of stuff in service to thinking this is what you have to do to get to some kind of goal i feel like you've also made the really good point is that you don't always you did we maybe we didn't know what the goal was back then yeah that's true you know um yeah part part of that is perspective too is like Doing those things that maybe aren't fully in alignment with what you want to create, um, or maybe you don't know what it is you want to do mm-hmm. yet, and you're just trying shit out. <clears throat> yeah, to see what your real like calling is. Definitely help you distill like, okay, where do I feel like I'm most drawn to, or mm-hmm. what am I, you know? Or even just like how you work, like yeah. If yeah. I have to do something where I have to get up at six a.m every day to do the thing I'm gonna do like I just know I'm not gonna be happy in my life because I like to sleep with no alarm and I like to start my day with no have to's at least <laughs> at least five days of the week if I can you know like yeah that's my ideal no have to's just well there's a few have to's like you have to kiss me I do yeah sometimes I don't you have to pee mm. you have to drink coffee I have to drink coffee <laughs> Uh, I do have to drink coffee. It's true. <laughs> but yeah. Sorry, I'm just feeling silly. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like... What else was I going to say in relation to that? I think that is like a big part of us working together too is us like... It's like we encourage each other to push it forward but never for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Oh, right reasons only. <laughs> If you've ever watched The Bachelor Bachelorette, that's their, like, tagline is, like, doing it for the right reasons. <laughs> Everything. And that's also how we lead our lives. We only do it for the right reasons. <laughs> it's like we're the true Bachelor nation. Oh, God. <laughs> Except when it comes to The Bachelor asking us to be part of The Bachelor nation. Then we say... Then we say... Well. <laughs> but, yeah, I think that is, like... It's, a, it's also, like we said at the beginning, a luxury to not to get to say no mm-hmm. because we're able to have jobs although i need to find a job in the next two months <laughs> actually to have that luxury and i'm sort of like i'm sort of teetering on the edge right now too where i'm like what if i did try to like sell my art like i've been doing all this leather work and i'm like well i'm sure people would want to buy some leather work but i know myself in this way where it's like but you hate selling things on the when internet. it becomes a job <laughs> if i had to do that yeah if my hand was like cramping up with our you know with like tendonitis from doing all this leather tooling but then i have like these orders to fill or 
I have no orders to fill that I'm <laughs> fucking freaking out because I have no money. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, it can go either way. I don't know. I'm back to that place where I'm like, come on, you got a lot of talents? Figure it out. Be a little girl boss. You know how. It's like, I actually don't. I really actually don't know how because I don't want to yeah. do anything that I have to do. <laughs> it's kind of troubling. But you seem to have it all figured out because you Me? have a million hobbies. <laughs> I don't have shit figured out. But you have a million hobbies, as we all know. Yeah, but I don't make I don't make money off of any of them. And you don't really so. seek to make money off. Yeah, them. I mean you do it's you like, do I, a Dendro Woodworks. I, my, yeah, but I'm not really that motivated into advertising it or like Pushing trying it, to. Marketing. Yeah, it's like if I wanted to sell a bunch of pieces, I could be like hitting up the like sex toy companies yeah. and stuff like that, and it's just. Not really, like, I don't know. Most of the things I sell, I'm not really pricing them at, like, paying myself for it. It's, like, basically kind of the things I do sell just kind of finance me buying, like, more tools to Finances be able to do new hobby. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I it's mean, like yeah, maybe. Drugs s- to pay for dr- yeah. Selling drugs s- to pay for drugs. Somewhere in there, it kind of, like, <laughs> yeah, maybe I buy it, it can buy myself dinner or something with yeah. it. But it's, yeah, I don't. It's not a cash cow. <clears throat> no, I mean, it would. I mean, it's just like with, like, what you're talking about. It's like if <clears throat> that became a job for me, like, those things would become infinitely less interesting for me to yeah. do. Like, I don't. For, yeah, for me, just the way I work, and I think you're similar, it's, <clears throat> like, I, I don't want to create, like, that for my job, because that that completely ruins my creative process. Like, mm-hmm. I want to create because it's coming from a place of, like, discovery mm-hmm. or just pure expression mm-hmm. and, like, putting half-dos on that yeah. and making that a half-do just completely kills it for me. It's yeah. like the things I make, like, I want to be in a good place where I'm putting my joy or whatever it is that I'm expressing into that, and, like, I don't want to be creating from a place of, like, I have to do this again, or I hate this, like, that's, that's not putting out something to me that's what I want to do, I want to, at least in the physical things I make, is, like, I want to put my love into that, not... Yeah, not feeling bad. (laughs) And there are so many, I think, external pressures that I think as like a a person who truly just wants to express themselves artistically can be really hard to contend with the pressure to like you get from people in your life sometimes. Oh, well, you could sell that. You could do this. You could do that. It's the same thing, too, with like getting opportunities to be on major network TV shows. Like people feel like you have to do that because that's going to lead to some completely mythological dream of being a successful American entrepreneur, which is just, I think neither of us put much stock in, but I do think is very deeply ingrained culturally. Yeah. You know, it's a really, really deep cultural um, ideology to contend with. That is, I think, inside of me in ways that I try to, like, mediate, but probably affects me in ways I don't even know. You know? Yeah, you can't help but to when you know you're born into this capitalistic monster (laughs) yeah yeah so that kind of stuff i think i think that's also what i like about our partnership and our collaboration that we can kind of like bounce those pressures off of each other and assure each other that we don't need to feel pressure yeah you know yeah we feel supported in that you know whatever you're trying to do or whatever i'm trying to do I feel like we're both like, yeah, go figure it out. Yeah. Great, let me know if you need help. Yeah. And but not. Like, but it's you never need like to make it happen. Yeah, yeah, it's never like, oh wow, you're so good at this. We got to sell these though. Yeah. You gotta. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or like, you need to make this something bigger. Or yeah, how do we you, scale this? <laughs> yeah, scale it up. Or like, oh, you, this something big wants to pick up your idea. You have to do that, otherwise you're not moving upwards. You know. Yeah. It's always this like upward growth thing, and it's like, I don't know. Like, some some part of me is like, yeah, of course it would be cool to be an artisan for a living, right? Like, mm-hmm. make things for a living. Um, or if you could figure out a way to love that forever. But I know myself, and I get so bored so fucking quick. Like, I will be so into something and then very quickly, like, be on to the out next of it. thing. Yeah. yeah. 
So it's just not, it's not sustainable, like, who I am as a person. Some people can be so devoted to their craft for an entire Absolutely, lifetime. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just not like that, you know? Everyone's different. Yeah, <laughs> totally. So, yeah, saying no, if you're able to, remember that it's an option. Yeah. Um, in in matters of uh, creative opportunities. Oh, wait, hold on, I'm going to hit helicopters. Very loud. Okay, sorry. <laughs> in matters of, like, creative opportunities that you feel like you have to do you can't pass up or you'll be a fool for it or whatever i think those kind of things are really like ingrained in a lot of people's minds absolutely let us be your mimi and diddy reminding you that we're proud (laughs) of you no matter what you don't have to do anything you don't have to you don't have to constantly produce you don't have to live up to any expectation but your own sense of happiness and what you most want to do and uh, just because you're good at something does not mean you have to monetize it (laughs) just because you you have an idea people want to capitalize on doesn't mean you have to give it away you know you can do things for the pure joy of doing them yeah yeah there doesn't have to be a trajectory of growth it's all gdp on an upward (laughs) graph (laughs) That's not what your life has to be about, I don't think. And I really think it can be empowering for people to hear how much no can go into success. You know what I mean? We're just two little, like, farts. You know what I mean? But I'm sure, like, think of, like, a major celebrity and how much they have to say no. You know what I mean? Because they probably have 500 people a day asking them to do something. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you have an assistant that says no. That's right. That's right. It's so much harder to be the people who are like batting away things. An assistant or an agent. Yeah, an agent (laughs) or or a manager. All of the above. Someone who can politely and democratically say no for you. (laughs) Um, Absolutely. But like it's, you know, if if you don't want to do something like that is totally an option or you can do like we do in the, in these cases of these reality shows of like get, putting outrageous demands like let us be a producer <laughs> that are <laughs> most likely going to be met with a no but you're at least getting your point across that like my time is really valuable if i was to put myself in this position and this is the only thing that would make it worthwhile to me you know yeah yeah Maybe if more people refuse to become fodder for exploitative shows and stuff like that. But then what would we watch? That's true. That's all I watch in reality shows. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, I don't know if those people are happy or not, but they they have their little tummy tea deals and they hawk their little dog biscuits or whatever and like they're living their life and that might be their dream. Maybe. It's not mine. Yeah. You know, hawking tummy tea is not my thing. <laughs> um so yeah, say no. Just say no. Just, Just say, say no. no. Okay, Nancy Reagan. <laughs> uh, oh wait, was that Nancy Reagan or was that probably. Barbara Bush? I, I don't know. I don't know. One of those people. <laughs> well, until next time. Thanks for listening to Cosmic Halitosis. If you have questions or comments or wanna yell something at us, email us at cosmic with a K. Halitosis, cosmic halitosis at gmail.com. Please subscribe and like the podcast. And you can follow us on our personal Instagram accounts. I am Gorgeous Taps, and Temba is Tembizzle, T E M B I Z Z L E. Thanks for listening.